Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are going to wrap up our summer reading. Last week, we couldn't wait to get to the fall books and let you know what we were so excited to be reading, what we were looking forward to. So we kind of just got to the good part. And now we're circling back to talk about how we finished our summers, what we read, if we came any closer to our goals, what our reading experiences were like, and all that good stuff. So Gail, I can't wait to see what you've been up to reading wise. But before that, why don't you let us know like what you're reading now? Any updates for us? Yeah. So I just finished two books. I don't know if I mentioned these on last week's show. I think I did because I've been reading very slowly lately. So I probably was still reading those same two books last week. One is called End Credits by Patty Lynn. And it is a memoir about the author's experience as a writer for TV in Hollywood. So she spent about two decades, a little less than that, working in L.A., writing for shows like Freaks and Geeks and Friends and Desperate Housewives, Breaking Bad. So definitely shows that you've heard of. And just about her experience doing that and kind of as an Asian woman, what it was like often to be the only woman in the room or the only person of color in the room. And it's, you know, mostly a not that happy memoir about that time in her life and just how stressful it was and how she often felt you know, marginalized and imposter syndrome and anxious and insecure and stress and all of that. So I just reviewed this on my blog and I said that one of the micro genres I really like is memoirs about people's jobs. <laughs> and, you know, whether it's being a doctor or working in, you know, startups in Silicon Valley, whatever it is, I definitely like that type of book. And this was no exception. So I enjoyed this one. I did it on audio. It was narrated I'm listening by on author. audio as well. So, oh, that's right. You're reading this too. Once we get it together, we have a few books that I think we will just have a book club episode where we just have spoilery conversations yeah. about our overlap. <laughs> yeah, I do have some thoughts on this one, so I'm I'm excited to discuss it with you. And then the other book I finished is called Who We Are Now by Lauren Chamberlain. I think I mentioned this last week. It's about four people who graduate college, their best friends. They then kind of start their lives professionally and as adults and just what happens to their friendship. For some reason, I don't know why, it took me two weeks to get through this book. I, it, there's literally no reason for that because it's not it's not a difficult read. I don't know what was going on. Maybe just because like it wasn't a very happy book, like they're the, all four of them have a bunch of angst and their relationships go up and down. And I don't know, maybe that just wasn't appealing to me this week. So I finished that and now I'm reading on audio. I'm listening to a memoir called the country of the blind by Andrew Leland. And it's about a guy who's got a degenerative eye condition. So he's goes slowly blind over the course of his life. And he's now, I think in his forties and he just writes about, you know, what it's like and sort of looks at like the culture of being blind and what it, you know, sort of what it's, what that world is like. And so I, I'm finding it really interesting doing it on audio, also narrated by the author. And I can report back when I finish. And I just started a book called The Road to Dalton by Shannon Bowering. 
think this was recommended by Susie at Novel Visits, and it is about a small town in Maine and kind of interconnecting chapters about the people who live there. But I've literally just started it. So I don't have much to say about it yet. How about you? I feel like I finished something. What did I finish? Right now, I am reading Bright Young Women by Jessica Knoll, which is one of the books that I said was on my list for last year. It's the one that she kind of looks at it from the point of view of the women who were terrorized by Ted Bundy. She wanted to give their stories and like their lives more shape than what we usually hear, usually hear Ted Bundy's story. So this is her novel that is from the point of view of some of the survivors who are trying to find out what happened to their loved ones and make sure that he is brought to justice. And then I'm reading Vladimir. I was listening to that and kind of reading along as well, because I discovered that I had, you know, bought an ebook version of it. So that was kind of good. It has taken a twist or, you know, I think I had heard you talk so much about Vladimir that I really did not read the description. So it's Mm -hmm. one of these books where I've had the experience of having the story unfold, you know, like I was enjoying the setup. It's about this college professor whose husband is under investigation at his college for sleeping with underage students or sleeping with students. They're, They're not underage. And just the repercussions from that along with the fact that Vladimir is this new teacher who has joined the university. And so I'm about halfway through and it's just like gone in a way that I don't think I was expecting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I am curious to see if I'm going to feel the same way about this book by the time I finish, because I had really been enjoying it. And now I'm kind of like, Oh, what's, what's about to go down here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where I am. Oh, I was going to see what it was that I had finished. Oh, I don't know. Did I, maybe I got this recommendation from you. Did you read the seven year slip? No, no. Okay. It's so cute. I'm lit. No, I'm, I'm reading it. I was just trying to figure out if I was listening to it or not. I'm reading it and I, I really like it. It's time travel romance. So it's really cute. It's about this woman who is grieving her, the loss of her aunt who she used to travel with a lot. And she's left her this apartment and the apartment has a catch. Like every now and then it just slips seven years, either seven years back or seven years forward in time. And, you know, her aunt has warned her that you should never fall in love with anyone in that apartment. And of course she meets this young chef or this aspiring chef. One of the times, you know, once she's inherited the apartment, the first time it sends her back, she meets this man and she's closed off to love and they, you know, well, so far they, they have a friendship, but it's just, it seems like it'll be really good all the way through. So for people who like romance and time travel, I think it's good. All right. So we touched base in early August before you and I both sort of dispersed to various places. And we had a list of summer reads we were going to do. So in addition to the ones we had already read for the summer. So tell me, how did your summer turn out? I'm always convinced that I'm going to catch up (laughs) Right when we have, when I have vacation and that has held true in the past. It's just not, that has not been my experience. I would think for the last couple of years, just because so much of the reading that I do now is like research and work related. So I don't have as much time to read from Memorial day kickoff to September 23rd. I did read 12 books. (laughs) Nice. I 
do have little bits and pieces as usual that I can finish that will bring my account up. But so far I'm 11 books behind. So (laughs) if I want to reach, I think my goal was 60 for this year. So if I want to reach that, I've got to finish 28 books. I think I'll be fine. Maybe it'll be the, the December holiday that really does it. But my experience with reading was really good. I did not make myself read anything that I didn't want to. I just kind of took the perspective of trusting that, you know, like if I picked up a book and and put it down or whatever, it was like whatever I read or experienced of that book at that time was what I needed at that time. And then if I got distracted by something else and was more invested in something else, I just followed that. So that was my experience of reading and just being able to keep up the momentum of just like following whatever it is that I'm, you know, that's most interesting to me at the moment without kind of like, oh, I need to finish this and just leaning into that more. So what was your experience like before we get into the books? I, like you, had kind of had big hopes for the summer read that I would catch up as well. Let's see. So you said between the, like the, the equinoxes. So from- no, I I did what you, the unofficial kickoff of summer is Labor Day. So, oh, Memorial Day. Oh yeah, Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Okay, well, I did pretty well. I mean, I think I read about twenty books, maybe yeah, about twenty. Had some highs. I I, I also had big hopes for my vacation travel, and it, I didn't end up reading nearly as much as I'd hoped to on that trip. But I, I I think I got through like five or six. So I'm just kind of looking back at it. I definitely had some highs. I read some books that were highly recommended by you know the world, the the book world that. And, and definitely there were some that I really liked. There were a few that, that dragged me a bit. They were a little slow to get through. And, I, you know, I, sometimes I look at them now and I'm like, wait, what was that about? Like, I, they didn't stick with me. So why didn't you but take I, us through the highlights then? Because I, I definitely had some highlights too, some books that I really enjoyed. And I'm still thinking about them, still very much know what they're about. And like you just have some books that, okay, I've read that. And as I was preparing for the show and making a list of the books that I had read between, you know, the time period. Mm-hmm. I, there were just some that was just like, wait, what was that about? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the highs for me, and we can just go back and forth because we both have a few. I'll start out with Talking at Night by Claire Daverly. This is a book about a couple, they're not really a couple, man and a woman who meet in high school and kind of about the, la- the next like 20 years of their life and how they're sort of in and out of each other's lives. They, you know, that you can, you know that they should be together, but there's a million reasons why they're not. And it's not, I wouldn't call it a romance. It's just a, you know, book about a often romantic relationship. Um, people compare it to normal people. I can see that comparison. Um, I just love this book. It was just about communication and timing and luck and instinct. And it just, it was, it's a debut, but beautifully written. I loved the characters. I think that the man that is the male side of this relationship is probably one of my favorite characters in recent memory. And I just, I just truly enjoyed every page of this book hard to put it down. And it was probably my summer highlight. So I'm going to put Talking at Night by Claire Daverly at the top of that list. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention is where I am with my reading goal. Mm -hmm. I am eight books behind. So that's probably not going to, 
that gap is probably not going to get closed. I was trying to get to 70, which I try to get to every year and I never make it. And I'm at 43. So if I can make it to like 63 or four, yeah, that's my, that's where I usually hit, then I'll be happy. But I don't think it's, this is not my year to hit 70. (laughs) Yeah. So I've read 32 this year so far. And I think I was planning to read 60 and I'm hoping that there's enough stuff that I'm close enough to the end that, you know, I feel like there's books that I get to like within two chapters of reading and just don't finish. And it's not because they're not good books. It's because whatever precipitated me starting the book, like it's usually a book club or something that Mm -hmm. we've had the conversation and I just had to go back and finish the last chapter or two. And I think I've, whatever was resolved within the book club. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of those that I'm hoping to, to just finish the remaining pages. All right. So one of the highlight books that I read was Delhi Wed's Destiny by Tomi Obaro. And that is about a group of women who are living in Nigeria. They go to university in Nigeria and it's years later. They've never been back together since they graduated university. So they each are at different places with their families. They're married to different men. And one of the women's daughter is going to be daughters is going to be getting married, which is why they are going to be regrouping and seeing being reunited as a group for the first time in probably 20 years. I don't know. I really love this book because it's set in Nigeria. Like the wedding is set in Nigeria. So there's one woman who did marry an American man and moved away. And so she's coming back with her daughter. I just really love the experience of a different culture and it was like centered on its own culture. This was not a book that had Western gaze. They refer to things that happened that are, that are totally unfamiliar and would probably require that you uh, look up just to know. So I enjoyed that culture immersion. I also really enjoyed, I realized their depictions of eating and food. And I find this with a lot of Uh, immigrant experiences where people go back and they talk about the culture that has surrounded them and raised them. And food is such a big part of that culture. And there is just no judgment around it, which is so refreshing because I feel like when you're reading American novels, it's all about like calories and who shouldn't be eating what and da, 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 da. Mm. But with these books, it is just like, you know, all of the intricacy and ingredients and the love that are going into this food or, how it's part of the culture, like, you know, whether it's passed down through the mothers, whether it's like a communal experience, just all of the tastes and stuff. And there is like literal, literally no, this is bad for you. This causes this, this causes that. It's just like, this is the food. These are our meals. These are what, you know, this is what it's made up of. And this is why it's, you know, great. Either you like it or you don't, but there's no like, I don't know. There's just like no moral undertrappings or underpinnings or societal underpinnings of what you eat. So that's That's refreshing. That's another thing that made it enjoyable. But I did enjoy getting to know the stories of these women, like what has happened to them since, since they've left university, but they also go back because there's like some precipitating events that leads to them all going on like a mini diaspora, like two of them remain in Nigeria and they do see each other. But the third one is outside. And there are just some things in their relationship, you know, that happened connected to some kind of some Nigerian uprisings back in the time. I think they were in university in the seventies, 
So there's just many elements that just made this a really good book besides, you know, I think you can get lost in the fact that it seems like it should be a wedding book, but it's, it's like not a wedding book. So it's almost like it has this orange cover and it's vibrant and you think you're going to be reading this, like, I guess almost like hijinks surrounding this wedding story. And it's really not that. So it's like, if you're looking for that lighthearted, you know, hijinks wedding type of books, let's get these kids married thing. It's not that. Okay. So I have two books. I'm going to lump them together um, because in some ways they were similar and they both have big spoilers. So I'm not going to get into a lot of detail about either one of them. One is called Mad Honey by Jodi Pico. And she also has a co-writer this time. And the co-writer is Jennifer Finney Boylan. And the other book is All That Is Mine I Carry With Me by William Landay. So at the heart of both of these books, there is a, a death, a murder. In Mad Honey, it's a girl in high school. And in All That Is Mine I Carry With Me, it is a mother of three kids. And in both books, you have a suspect in Mad Honey, it's the boyfriend who's another a boy, also a senior in high school. And all that is mine, I carry with me. It's the husband of the wife who's who's disappeared. She's it's not you don't know from the beginning if it's a murder or what, she's just disappeared. So both of these books are, you know, mysteries, but are kind of literary mysteries. So it's much more than just a mystery. It's all the character development around the people that surrounded the ones who were gone. And both of them have some, have some twists and some ambiguity. And they were both, I found them both pretty riveting. You know, th- this was my first Jodi Pico. I've never read anything by her before. Oh, really? Yeah, I never have. And I liked it. I thought it was, you know, very well, story was very well told, very engaging, suspenseful. And same with the William Landay book. I really had a hard time putting that one down, both of them. And, you know, I recommend with both of them go in kind of blind, like don't read a lot of reviews, don't flip ahead, (laughs) which I always do. (laughs) Did you in this one? Um, I did in, actually, one of them got a little spoiled for me because of a stupid Goodreads review. So don't go on Goodreads. That was my fault. I mean, I'm not sure that the person who wrote the review adequately prepared people that uh, there was a spoiler in the review. Mm-hmm. I would say stay off of Goodreads for both of these until you're done. <laughs> and then you can delve in because there'll be discussion, lots of discussion about both of them. I think they would both make great book club reads because there's so much to talk about. And even in the in the William Landay book, I think there's even more ambiguity than the other one. And that's always a fun, makes for a very fun discussion because people have different interpretations of what happened. Well, we have that coming up because I also read that over the summer. Oh, good. And so we can add it to our list. Excellent book club discussions coming up. (laughs) So yeah, I liked them both a lot. I brought Mad Honey with me on vacation. It was a great vacation read because, you know, if you're like stuck on a long flight and can't fall asleep, you can kind of just, you know, get lost in this book. And uh, I I liked it a lot. So maybe I'll try other Jodi Pico. I don't know. But for now, I'd like this one quite a bit. So those two are Mad Honey by Jody Pico and Jennifer Phil- Finney Boylan and All That Is Mine I Carry With Me by William Landay. I'm glad to hear that because that's, you know, that for Mad Honey, that was an intriguing partnership, Jody Pico and Jennifer Finney Boylan. Yep. 
Okay. So next up on my list was a book called Liliana's Invincible Summer by Christina Rivera Garza. And I was listening to some random podcast when she came on and she talked about her book and I thought it was like so so fascinating. It is about her sister who I think this is back in the 70s or 80s maybe is, you know, the victim of domestic violence and murder. And the man is never caught, at least not while he's living, I don't believe. But she's like bringing attention to the fact that I think femicide was not even a crime in Mexico until in the late 1990s or even maybe early 2000s. And she, you know, she thought her sister was a spectacular woman and she wanted her to not disappear from the record. Because I think what happens is that this family is grieving so much for their daughter that years later, when she feels like she is emotionally ready to like confront the police report and to kind of see what happened with her sister, the official version has disappeared and she does not want her sister to disappear. So she feels like she has to replace this record. And so she uses her sister's journals, you know, things that she had not had the courage to look for, for 29 years, things that they had just kind of boxed up and forgotten about. Actually, so maybe this is later, I think it's the 1990s. So she goes through her diary, she re-interviews a lot of her sister's friends, she talks to her parents, and she creates this narrative of, you know, the last summer of her sister's life, what she was doing at university, kind of who she was when she was in high school. And it's just like really moving. It jumps around quite a bit because you do get a chance to see Christina go, you know, to these police departments. You see how she's supported with her friends, how she finds out certain things that lead her to, you know, kind of like reintroduce her sister to the record. And then it's like a lot of her sister's sister's diaries supplemented with her friends' remembrances of her. And it was just like, you know, I think she's a poet. I think she writes poetry and also novels. And it is just like such a moving emotional experience and so fascinating, you know, because her sister was such a fascinating person. The things that she was writing about, you know, the meticulousness of her studies, she wanted to be in architecture. So I just really appreciated getting that perspective. And so it was kind of, it's kind of a memoir of, of both sisters and it was really good. I've never even heard of that one. I know. I hadn't heard of it either. And it's it's a relatively new book, meaning it came out in March. And if I had not been listening to this random podcast, I would not have heard of it. And Christina Rivera Garza has written other books. Like she's like this acclaimed writer. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know how she slipped our radar. Hmm. Okay. Okay. My next one is Yellow Face by R.F. Kwong. Did you read this one? No, oh, it's on my list. Okay. So Yellow Face is about a woman who is friends with this writer. So they're both writers. The woman, the main character is white. The other woman is Asian American. And the Asian American friend has had all kinds of literary success. She's written books that have gotten acclaimed. She's gotten like on the verge of a movie deal. She's this kind of literary darling. Whereas the other woman has sort of toiled away in obscurity, despite having written one book that got, you know, very middling success. And so the two, they're friends, but not like terribly close friends, but one night they're hanging out and the woman who's had the success dies very suddenly. The Asian woman. 
the Asian woman. So I'm not, this is not a spoiler. This is like the premise of the book. And so she's like written all of her books on an old fashioned typewriter and doesn't keep files or copies of them. And of course she's just finished her latest book. Of course. (laughs) Of course. So her friend is sitting there in the room with, you know, her friend who has just died and she grabs the manuscript off the desk, the finished manuscript, and ultimately decides to publish it as her own. So if this sounds like the plot, (laughs) it is similar to the plot, but different. So it's really all about the fact that, you know, she's a white woman who has stolen this manuscript, which is the manuscript is about, is actually kind of a historical fiction about China. (laughs) And so it arouses all kinds of suspicion. Like, why is she writing this book? She's white. Like, is she entitled to this story? And it's just kind of this satirical look at kind of publishing and modern literary, I don't even call it criticism, but you know, about like social media and bookstagram and, you know, just all of the things that go into making books successful and, I don't know. It's very good. It's very hard to put down. It's, you know, it is completely unrealistic, but it's, it is a really good book. And it, it also would spark lots of great conversations. So I do hope you read it so we could do a book club on it. It was, you know, a super hot book at the beginning of the summer. And a lot, you know, I think a lot of people have read it, especially like people in publishing. I think it's like a very insidery book, but I really enjoyed it and uh, I would recommend it. And that's Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang. Okay. So we're kind of coming up on time. Okay. Gail, why don't you just run through, just, do you have the list of what you read? Just like tell us everything you read this summer and then if anything else was a standout. All right. Well, Tom Lake by Ann Patchett, which you and I are going to discuss. So I'll hold off on that one. Right. Cause you didn't, we decide you were going to read it or you did read it. No, but no, maybe I thought, maybe I got that wrong. Okay. So Tom Lake, Ann Patchett didn't love it. It was it was okay. It was not my favorite Ann Patchett. I know a lot of people have loved this book, but I had some problems with it. A super dark book called The Other Side by Lacey Johnson, a memoir about a woman who had been kidnapped and raped by her ex-boyfriend and how she got to the other side and tried to deal with the trauma. Super, super dark memoir, but well written and, you know, worthwhile. Something Wild by Hannah Halperin. It's the second Hannah Halperin book I read this summer. This is another book about an abused woman in a relationship and her two daughters come home and discover that their mother is being abused by her boyfriend. And, I remember and, that. I wanted to read that. Yeah. it's it's. I didn't like it as much as her the other book I read by her, but it was it was good. She's a great writer and it was very disturbing. Speech Team by Tim Murphy is about a guy looking back at his high school experience on a speech team and the role that the speech team coach played in the speech team coach ended up saying pretty awful things to most of the members of the team. And 20 years later, they all kind of figure out that they've been carrying around this trauma from this coach and they decide to confront him. Games and Rituals by Catherine Heine is short stories. I really liked them. And the sad thing is I barely remember them right now. So like, <laughs> I feel like they did not make a huge dent, but they, I, I really liked it. Well, when I was that means it. you can read them again. That's true. 
Business or Pleasure by Rachel Lynn Solomon, a romance about a woman who is assigned to do a a feature on a an aging actor who was really hot in a series in the 90s. And now she is traveling with him around the country as he goes on sort of a reunion tour for this show. And of course, you know, they develop a relationship and it was very cute. The Wife App by Carolyn Mackler, another book that did not make much of a dent about some women who decide to launch an app for people who need uh, a wife to get stuff done for them. And so they stand in, I don't know, looking back, it was kind of silly. Page Boy by Elliot Page is the memoir by Elliot Page, trans actor who came out and then transitioned. And this is his memoir. And I think I'll stop there. That's a few more. There's a few more, but I don't want to go back too far. It's that was a, that was a mouthful. So I'll just stop there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I read bad summer people by Emma Rosenblum. And that one, it's about bad summer people. It's about these women who summer on fire Island. They're obsessed with tennis. And of course a new tennis instructor has shown up and there's lots of drama that happens over the summer. We know in the beginning that someone is killed. We don't know how or who. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, you are taken into all of these people's lives and you're really not sure which one of them is going to, to um, not be around by the end of the summer and like what the circumstances are. So I would say that kind of, you know, I read it, it was what it was. I don't know if it was that particularly memorable. Um, I read Under the Influence by Joyce Maynard, which I also, I know is about a woman who falls in with this family. I feel like she's separated from her husband. And so she spends a lot of time with this childless couple who seem to be the it couple of this little town that she lives in. They have tons of money. They throw wild parties and she becomes involved in their lives until some kind of incident makes it so she's no longer involved with them. So she's kind of looking back on her choices and I guess the influences she was under and how it's led her to the life that she has now. And I love that book. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. At, you know, at first it was a little like, wait, what, what went on? But as it comes back to me, like I was so engrossed in that story and I thought just the way it turned out was really interesting. So I will make a note of that one so that we can discuss it a little further. I read Hedge. I listened to it on audio by Jane Delory. This was a really interesting one. It's about this woman who is like a landscape historian and architecture who wants a break from her husband. Like, so they separate for the summer and she goes off to, you know, to work on this property where she starts to fall in love with this man and her daughters come to visit her. And so there is something that happens that kind of like gets into the way of this new romance that she had been working toward. And also the separation and divorce from her husband. It's just like everything is turned on its head. And it's this journey over of this family over those, the three years or four years, you know, surrounding that summer. And it was really good. I think that this is such a good book club discussion book too, because you can definitely talk about the parenting choices made here. You know, do they make the right decisions in the face of what has happened? 
The Followers by Brady Godfrey. I also listened to, and I really enjoyed listening to this book. It's about this woman who is an influencer and she's married like this kind of reclusive man. Like he does not want him or his child on the internet at all. So this relationship is a little bit strange of why he would want to get involved with her. But um, the influencer woman does in fact post a picture briefly of him and his child. And it has, you know, repercussions like what was he involved with? What's coming from his past? There are two people in particular who are looking for him and his daughter. And, you know, one kind of infiltrates herself into their lives. And then there's this other one that is a mystery. And this was, this was a pretty enjoyable, you know, kind of like look at influencing and, and has some thriller aspects to it. Next up, I listened to a lot this year (laughs) for me. This is a lot. The other year by Rhea Frey, which is basically the story. It's, two alternate timelines of a woman who is vacationing with her nine-year-old daughter. And in one, she drowns and in one, she does not. And, you know, you see her life develop in, in both realities, one where she's just so thankful that, you know, her daughter didn't drown and one where she kind of has to face her devastation. And in both, you know, there's just like these elements of what is she going to be doing with her life? How does she want to move forward? What's going on with her job, her ex-husband kind of, wants to be with her, seems like her friend, her best friend is having feelings and she's having feelings for him and should they get together. So her life progresses in both. Um, You just kind of have to read the whole thing to see if, you know, what really happened, um, whether her daughter drowned or whether she didn't. I I can't say any more without spoiling it. So I'll just say it was, it was really good. You should listen to it. And then the last one that I have is Easy Beauty by Chloe Cooper Jones. And this is a woman, I don't know if she really specifies the disability that she has that kind of makes it awkward for her to walk, you know, makes her shorter of stature. She has pain in her physical movements, but she also studies philosophy. And she is basically, it's a memoir of this year that she has gone off and left her family and and done a bunch of different adventures. She goes to see Beyonce in Italy. Like she goes to see museums in Italy. She takes on a gig writing for GQ, just this exploration of who she is. I think that's precipitated by a conversation that she has at a bar with a friend who is rather dismissive that sends her on this search. And she talks a lot about, you know, how people see her, how we see beauty, the things that shape shape our lives and just her reflections too on some of the philosophers like philosophical theory and who they studied and the propositions that they have of the world you know things that are influencing us that we might not necessarily know and considers them you know in in the context of her life so fascinating book one i would would like to revisit because there's just so many interesting topics and food for thought So with that, that's our wrap up for the summer. All right. Well, we will be back and we'll schedule our book club discussion of some of the books that we've both read. Until next time, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at NicoleBonia.com and me, Gail, 
at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us.